0: I on no yes no I don't even know if I am hey how you guys all doing Glad you're here. Tim, if you'll switch to my screen, I appreciate it. We are going to get started here. I have kind of a, lar- a long message to kind of share with you. It was interesting. We're doing a standalone message today um, that is, uh, we'll get back to our uh, series on sustenance next week, but because it was being Super Bowl Sunday and all those fun things, I was like, oh, let's, let's do something today, and so was asking God to be a part of that. If you have, by the way, your Uversion app, you can go there today underneath where it says events, find that. You'll see Cedars Church and all of the verses are there for you. And um, when I was uh, putting this together, I honestly thought this was going to be, oh, let's find something more lighthearted and whatever. And then God had other plans. So here we are. Um, And I'm going to share with you some things uh, today that I think are important for us as believers. And um, I I know that there are sermons that sometimes are more uh, for me than for you. And today uh, could be uh, that story. Today, we're going to be looking at this concept of broken. And um, we're going to be looking at this from the idea of what God says. And um, the phrase that um, has really stuck with me is this: "If it ain't broke, it can't be fixed." And so, what has happened is is that we live our lives at times not willing to say, "I'm broken." So we have sometimes this heart in us that goes, "I just got to act like I'm fine." I just got to keep it all together. No one's going to know that I'm broken. No one's going to know that I have issues. And I'm going to stand over here, and I'm going to put myself on my own bootstraps, and I'm going to make sure I'm strong, and I'm going to keep a, uh, a an upper chin and all those things. Or <clears throat> we go to the other extreme, and we become a follower of Jesus Christ. And then we say, because we're a follower of Jesus Christ, then uh, Jesus has me, and I'm not broken. And then we almost feel like that we're we're less than if we say we're broken because Jesus has saved me and he's healed me and I don't have any issues because Jesus has done all of uh, these things. And in the reality, in between is where God wants us. Um, share a story with you. Um, I was a, in, in high school, there were uh, two things that I was known for. And one was I ran cross country and the other was is that I was really into shop. And um, this story was a colliding of those two stories. I'd just done a, a cross-country practice. Um, I was going into the woodshop. They had the best water fountain in the school, and I was getting water. And a young kid was there, and he was trying to make an ashtray. I don't know why we all try to make ashtrays in wood woodshop, but that's just what you do. And, uh, and so he was, you know, just using this tool. And I said, no, 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 no. I go, look, I said, You're, you, you can do this thing called augering out the good amount of the wood. And then you just refine it from there. And he goes, I've never done that before. And so I went over to the drill press and I took a bit that was like this and I stuck it in there. And I did not know, and it was really my fault. I should have known better. Someone had turned the speed of the uh, drill press all the way to its highest setting. Um, by the way, an auger bit is supposed to go almost at your lowest setting problem with that is is that when that happened the machine started to shake because the auger bit stuck in there bent and is now whirling like this but it's now invisible because it's going so fast like a spokes on a wheel I couldn't see it and I went to turn it off and I stuck my hand in the path of that bit three hours of reconstructive surgery later I have a finger that does not work it flops over three hours to put the finger back together, three hours with nails and a, literally a nail gun, because I would, I had just drank in all this water, I drank it, just because I had drunk all this water, um, they couldn't put me out for the surgery, I had to be awake for the whole thing. <clears throat> and so, in that, I, I do, my favorite line from that whole thing was the anesthesiologist, um, who then could not put me out, was there, but had to be there, and, uh, uh, looked at me. Is there anything I can do? I said my nose itches. And then as he's scratching my nose, says, "You don't want to know how much you're paying me to scratch your nose." <laughs> so this thing was broke, folks, and it wasn't little broke. It was broke. So much so that I then had to go through uh, physical therapy. Now the kids have left. You can all handle this. You're all adults. Uh, My finger got stuck in this position for six months. Everywhere I went, whatever I did, this is what I was doing. Physical therapy all this work, and at that time, I'd already uh, committed my life to be a pastor, and I go, this is not going to work. <laughs> I was at a camp, and uh, when this happens, you're not used to it. I was at a camp, and I remember uh, I would worked on this, and I worked on this, but nothing was happening, and I went to run out of the camp door. We were all doing something, and I caught this finger. It was bad, listen to me, but it was good. When that happened, all of the scarf tissue finally broke free. And I could start moving my finger. See, it was broke, and it was damaged, but there still needed to be more breaking. Does that make sense for me to be able to start to use it? Um, Yes, it's all twisted. It doesn't work right. They offered to go back and re-break it again and do surgery, and I went, no, I'm good. I got it. And I'm just used to this now. I just know that it flops over and it just never is going to work the way that it was supposed to, but it works. Does that make sense? Now, I got some great, great pain coming to me as I get older. I'll get arthritis to sucker like nobody believes. But right now it works. Let me say this to you. Folks, it is ridiculous if I would have said that whole time I wasn't broke. Do you hear me? if i would have acted as if i wasn't broke if i was acting as if though no, everything was okay yeah i went and they took care of it even when they fixed it it was still broke and even when i broke the scar tissue it was still broke and let me tell you something by all accounts it's broke today it doesn't work the way it's supposed to and i think we get into our lives and we miss the fact that brokenness is a part of the process And scars are a part of the process. And rehabilitation is a part of the process. And I just want to let you know that I think that sometimes we come to church, and I will tell you, it is so painful that I know some of your stories. And I know why you do it. I'm not picking on you. But you walk in here, and someone asks you how you are, and you say, what? Fine. And in my heart, I go, no, they're not. And you've asked me, and I've told you I'm fine, and I know I'm not. And this church should be this place in which we come and be able to step into our brokenness. I'm not asking us that everyone we meet, we just spill every issue. But there should be a place in God that we can come and go, i um, broken. Wanting to be fixed. Knowing the truth. So let's get into Scripture. Genesis 3, 22 through 24. The Lord God said, Behold, that man has become like one of us, knowing good from evil. Why? Because they ate of the tree. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground for which he was taken. He drove out the man, and uh, at, at the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword, uh, turned every way to guard the way there to the tree of life. When they ate of the tree, brokenness took place. It says that they were ashamed. They found out they were naked and ashamed. And God goes, who told you you were naked? Because that brokenness came in. And where before they were open and they knew exactly who they were, now they're covering themselves up. And there was a curse. Curses the ground because of you in pain. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. You will return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and the dust you shall return. My dad was a man of of his hands. A mechanic, truck driver. Uh, Many times, many times I was with him when a wrench would slip and a busted knuckle And blood pouring down. And I've been there myself. We're just trying to get something done, trying to get something fixed, you get hurt in the process. Trying to plant a crop and you did everything right and you get all the seed, and then here comes a frost and it destroys everything. You didn't do anything wrong. It's because we live in a broken world. Let's talk about that for a second. This is Romans 8, 20 through 22. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Our very world fights us. Our very world fights us. And again, it's so frustrating when you know you've done the right thing in the right way and then something or someone outside of that comes in and destroys it. And so I just want to say to you that, that, that for us to act like we're going to be fixed in a broken world, that everything is going to go the way and not deal with disappointment and not deal with hurt and not deal with places of deep doubt, It's foolishness. It's foolishness. The world is, by the way, subject to these things. Verse 22, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And we watch the world just get, again, tsunamis and earthquakes and volcanoes. And it's this idea that the whole world, and even into how crops are done and famine because this whole thing is broken. This whole thing is broken. So I want to say to you that as we come into this place, you do yourself no favor by not owning your brokenness. By the way, brokenness done to you by someone else's brokenness or brokenness that you have caused yourself by your own poor choices. Because if it ain't broke, it can't be fixed. So let's look at something that I want to share with you. This is Matthew 9, 11 through 12. When the Pharisees saw this, Jesus is eating, by the way, with prostitutes. Don't ever, please grasp this, don't ever Like, go make that like, oh, no, he was sitting with the prostitutes. He was sitting with the tax collectors. You have no idea the feeling the Jews had towards tax collectors. They had all this money and all this authority, and yet they were absolutely reviled because they were the Benedict Arnolds of their culture. They were extorting their brothers for the Roman Empire. That's how you got to be a tax collector. You became one of the, those who, on behalf of Roman Empire, took from your brothers. And by the way, you were already going to be, um, uh, had your back turned on, so you might as well get as much out of them because if no one's going to spend any time with you, you might as well live it up. So when Jesus sits with the, with the tax collectors and the sinners... The Pharisees asked this question, and the Pharisees saw this. They said, to disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, Jesus says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, broken. Folks, if you have all your junk together, you don't need church. If you have all your stuff together, you don't need this. But if you are broken and need mending and need fixing, and by the way, never, never go, well, my thing is such a small thing and their thing is a big thing. They're the one that really needs Jesus. I'm over here. Please understand, small things have the power to destroy us. Small things have a power just to take, and by the way, slowly leak out of us life. But we play this game like, well, I don't have that problem, and I never had this issue, and I shouldn't feel this way, and I shouldn't feel broken because my life is not as bad as what other people have to deal with, when the reality is all the time you are weakening and weakening and weakening. So I don't care where you find yourself on the spectrum of being broken. The idea is is to step into this place and go, God, I am sick, and I need you. Yes, I grew up in a house where my dad never went to the doctor. Foolishly. Never went to the doctor. Black electrical tape is just as good as a Band-Aid. I watched him take, watched this happen, I watched him take a mini sledgehammer And with all of his might, trying to break loose a bar, hit his hand with full force. Never went to the doctor. It swelled up like a balloon. And his attitude is, walk it off. It was broke. And I watch him today do this all the time. Why? It hurts. and It never healed right. And he's just trying to keep it moving so it doesn't freeze up on him. Because we tell ourselves, I got this. I just have to walk it off, rub some dirt on it, and I'll be okay. And we do it spiritually. To Jesus, who says, the sick need a physician. Romans 7, 18 through 19. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, this is Paul speaking, that is in my flesh. For I have a desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Anyone understand that? You get that? There are days you're like, man, I desire to do things right, but man, why can't I carry it out? Because you're broken. Why can't I do the good thing, the right thing? Why do I keep finding myself back in this hole? I said I would never be here again. I said I would never try that again. I said I would never go there again. Why am I back here? Because you're broken. This is Paul. Praise God, Paul said this. Praise God, a man of God who wrote the majority of the New Testament goes, Look, I want to do right. But not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Why? Because even Paul could say, I'm broken. Why? Because I live in flesh, and my flesh wants things. And my flesh gets hurt. And things have been said to me when I was a kid. And I hold those things, and I believe those lies. And Satan really wants to remind me and all of a sudden I can hear the click of the tape and he's going to tell me again that I am worthless and tell me again that I have no hope and tell me again that I will always mess up and so therefore I live in that truth because we're broken. Romans 5, 8-11 But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners someone say amen to that. Folks, he is not asking you to get your junk together before you come to him. Come to him with your brokenness. Come to him with all the stuff that is in you. Come to him with all these things and go, look, it's broken. I've had my boys bring me toys that are broken. And they're coming and they're like, they're crying because they broke it. I didn't break it. They broke it. But they're coming to me because they're like, fix it. And we get too old. And we go, I'll just hold on to all these broken pieces. I'll just hold on to these. I'll shove them together. Duct tape is my friend. I can make this work. But God shows his love for us, and while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Listen, while we were enemies, he sent his son when I was his enemy. Why? Because my sin kept me away from, back from the fall. My sin, I made myself an enemy of God because my sin kept me from his holiness. God goes, no, I'm still going to send someone across enemy lines for Jeff. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled by, to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that. Let me, hold on, let me go back. One of the things I need to have you do is I, want, I need you to see how God's word goes. Um, Let's go back to, um, let me go back to here. It says, Since therefore we have now been justified as blood, much more shall we be saved, right? So much more shall we be saved by his life. And then he adds on the next one that says that, uh, there we go. More than that, let's just keep adding on and adding on and adding on. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have uh, now received reconciliation. Now, by the way, reconciliation has this concept of fixing. Um, I'm not good with numbers. I've proven that over and over again. I don't think we need to go there. Uh, checkbooks. They're... Who are the people in the room that if they're, you're a penny off, it just drives you nuts and you stay awake at night? Where are you? Stand up. Just stand up But that's you. Go ahead, no. Just stand up. No, no, come on. Stand up. Penny off. You're a penny off. Penny off people. There you are. Give it Folks, these are the people that keep us from going really, really down into a big hole, right? Praise God for Gwen. Gwen fights for the penny. If I'm within 10 bucks, I'm pretty happy. I know that For some of you, you just got very, very nervous. I don't touch the money here, folks. I don't touch the money. But in that moment... God goes, I reconcile you to the penny. He doesn't just say, that's good enough. That's, I've, I'm pretty sure I covered that sin. I'm sure that's done. He reconciles you to the penny. 1 Peter 1, 17 through 19. And if you call on the fa- call sorry and if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds oh this is fun because by the way each one of us does get a reconciliation kind of a sit down going over the taxes with God of our spiritual lives conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like the lamb without blemish or spot. You were reconciled by his blood. No acts, no, like, oh, I got to do enough good deeds. God wants to let you know that he wants you fixed. And what you've broken, you've broken. He goes, I'll fix that. But I've made horrible choices. I'll fix that. People did horrible things to me. I'm going to step into that. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds let's just sit with this for a second. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. So in this brokenness, I'm going to tell you in a minute some of the steps you need to take but first foremost and paramount is you need to come to the god of the universe and go hear it all this here's all my junk it is one of the most incredible steps that you can take it is so foolish so foolish and my hand is in the air because I've done it when I feel like I can lie to God and act like I'm better than I am and I'm more okay than I am and if I just try a little harder I'm going to be okay if I just dig a little deeper I'll work it all out and God goes you're you're fooling yourself the first thing you need to do is just come and just go there it is and yes, I know this it looks like vomit to us. And we have a God that will pick through that. I and mean, you can say, let's redeem these things. He has now reconciled in his body in the flesh of his death in order to present you oh, hold on, holy and blameless and above reproach before him. See, he cleans you up. Not you. He restores you. He fills in those gaps. He makes it possible. Not you. He makes you holy and blameless. And although he does that, that doesn't mean there's not residual pain that comes from that. If indeed you continue in the faith, um, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven in which I, Paul, became a minister. Let me read to you the first line again. If indeed you continue into the faith. Listen, you need to continue to walk in this even when it doesn't feel right, even when you go, God, I'm just so broken and I don't get it. Continue to seek him. Continue to go after him. He is working through those issues. He is trying to help you. But when we give up, We lose. We lose isaiah fifty three four through five surely he, was bo- he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow, yet, sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. This literally is Christ on the cross. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him was the chastisement, watch this, that brought us peace. If you're broken, he wants to bring you peace. And how did he do that? He took your sin, was crushed by it, so that you don't have to pay for it. What you now have to do is get healed from the damage it has caused. But no longer, it's like he is, He's pulled the splinter out. That's what he did. But, folks, you still have to heal. And with his wounds, that which was inflicted upon his body, watch this. We are healed. If you are broken, God wants you healed, He wants you healed. And he will put you in places and put you in study and put you in his word and put you in these places so that you can be healed. Isaiah 53.10, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put to him grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring, and he shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He crushed Jesus so that you could be healed. Mark fifteen thirty four. And in the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because it was the process by which you and I get healed. His death makes the door so that we can be healed. Romans 5.10. For if while you were enemies, um, so, so, sorry, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, again, now that he, we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Much more. 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love of which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by the grace you have been saved and raised us up in him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I'm just trying to give you verses that say that this is a God that wants you healed. This is a God that did everything he could to give you healing. This is a God that doesn't want you to sit in your brokenness and definitely doesn't want to see you limping around, not because you haven't taken the time to go, God, here it is, in Romans 4, 24 through 25. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up, from our tra- up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So, um, I just want you to know that we want to be a church And by the way, if you haven't gone through Rooted, one of the things in the middle of Rooted is for you to really look at the issues that you have. It's right there in the very heart of it. So you can start to fight through. And then honestly, get help. Not everyone needs counseling. Not everybody needs, but you need to be able to get to someone and say, hey, look, I'm not fine. These are the issues I'm still struggling with. These are the areas I want God to grow me in. These are the things that are taking place. Colossians 2, 13-14. And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with, uh, with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands that he set aside, listen to me, nailing it to the cross. So, I want to help you, but to do so, I need to be transparent. Um, I have been hurting for a long time. I've been really hurting for a long time. And I can say to you, I'm broken. Do I know truth? Yes. Can I preach truth? Yes. But folks... Your pastor needs to say to you that you should not do it alone, and neither can I. This eldership is sending Jody and I away um, the last two weeks of March for me to get some intensive counseling. Jody and I will uh, be gone. Uh, We're flying um, uh, to Denver um, to uh, go into an intensive counseling session. Because I need help. And I can stand before you and preach you God's word. And I can tell you truth and I know it. And if you come to me for counseling, I can tell you what God's word says. But let me tell you something. We get afraid of saying that we need help because somehow we think we're weak or somehow we think that somehow I'm messed up or somehow I don't get it. I want to share this with you. This is from Proverbs nineteen twenty. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise guidance, you can wage war and in abundance of counselors, there is victory. This is the one that I'm sitting on. This is Proverbs 28 6. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Folks, I have many times tried to trust in what I'm telling myself, and I'm telling you it's foolish. Look what it says. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. I'm asking to go to a counselor to walk in wisdom so I can be delivered. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The scariest thing about this is, is that if you came to me for counsel, I can give you all sorts of wisdom. You know what's sad? I can't hear it to myself. So why am I going to a counselor? Because I need someone else who can see into me and speak into my life in a way that by the way now, I can't hear. In full transparency, I'm not well today. I'm not. This is really hard for me. I want to be the pastor that has all this crap together. I want to be the one that goes, hey, God's got this. He's covered it. Don't worry about it. But it's been too long that I'm not getting out of the hole that I'm in. And your eldership said, then let's get you help. And I don't know what all that looks like. I just know I'm just trying to find the help that is there. And I'm saying this to you because some of you need to take the same step. And quit acting like that whatever you are thinking in your head is what it is because chances are you're being foolish and you need counsel, and you need to go to a counselor, or you need to go to a small group, or you need to get to an accountability group and go, here it all is. Can someone help me? And by the way, it is amazing that other people can see things into your life that you can't see, or they'll see blind spots that you're not willing to admit, or they'll be able to walk into a place and hold you to a place that, by the way, you're not willing to hold yourself to. Please understand, I haven't been hiding. I have friends that I am transparent with. I've been doing counseling. Joey and I have both been going to a counselor for, for months. But there's something that we need to get through. And so the, the elder step said, we're, we're going to send you. I'm preaching less right now. Why? Because it's probably healthier for me to preach less right now. I, be, I won't be preaching next week. There's just some things I need to fix. And I need you guys to understand that it's okay. God is still on his throne. I love him with all my heart. He has still saved me, and eternity still awaits me. Someone say amen to that. But it's okay for me to say, right now, I'm not doing well. Because here's what I want us to get to if it ain't broke, it can't be fixed. And so I need to say, it's broke. By the way, you have an amazing staff who have come along me. They're, they all know what's going on. They're coming beside me. They're supporting me. They're stepping in. They're taking things off my plate. They're helping me with things. May this church be that for you. You small groups, get together, call someone for coffee, sit down and just go, here it is. Because it's the first step to being fixed. It's the first step to being fixed. I'm way over today. I knew I would be. Um, Pray for me. Pray for my family. Pray for this church. But I just want you to know we have a good God who sent His Son and took away our sin and made everything possible. I wasn't going to say this, but I'll say this today. I've heard testimonies where someone goes, man, I came to Jesus and boom, he took away my addiction to fill in the blank. Like somehow that's the end. And in my heart, I've learned to say, well, welcome for the ride you're about to go through. So great, you're now not doing drugs. Now you get to deal with all the damage that all that drug use has done to the people in your lives. We can sometimes claim victory when all we're doing is we're stepping into the next battle. Folks, coming to Jesus doesn't, he he sets us free from our sin, but now we have to deal with the stuff that we've done. And you need help. I need help. And we have a God that says that's why the church is here. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, We are broken people with our broken toys and we're coming to you. And yes, we're the one that broke them or we were a part of the process of how they got broken or someone else came into our lives and damaged us and we're coming to you with our brokenness. And you're there. And you give us counsel and you give us instruction and you give us your word and you give us your spirit. Never... Never ever, let us be ashamed to come to you and say I'm broken, because through that, God, you fix it. And I pray all these things in the name of your Son. Amen. Well, I get to do announcements. Can